The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts and guests of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs broadcasted on this station. If you would like to know more about Valley Free Radio, please visit us at valleyfreeradio.org. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm the host, Michael Dow. With me tonight are George Claxton. Same one. And Susan Timberlake. He's back. He is. <laughs> From the wilds. <laughs> in most of his pieces. And uh, John or Robert's running our soundboard tonight. <clears throat> so, I uh, uh, should mention... Uh, We are uh, always pleased to hear from our listeners, and uh, you can contact us in a few different ways. Uh, On email, it's civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, or on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. We also have a website, which is, astonishingly enough, civilpoliticsradio.com, and you can listen to previous episodes of the show recorded there for posterity, for the edification of the next generation or two, but not the third. Three generations from now will be passe. So, I think this election was the last gasp of my generation. I think I think we're done. I, <laughs> we're cooked. I well maybe. Uh, I I uh, we're leaving it to you, youngins, <laughs> to to fix what we just did. Or do, what? Do, do you mean in terms of like Trump being roughly? I mean, he's older than you are, but like yeah. your rough generational cohort. Yeah, yeah. They're, we're all yeah. boomers. We're yeah. all boomers. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, and so he's a little older than Hillary. Hillary's a little older than me. And yeah. Yeah, so I think it was the last You're gasp. You're a little older than George. George, are you a baby boomer? I am a baby boomer. But yeah, you got to okay. be on the very edge of the edge of the edge, right? No, actually. Really? It depends a lot on how you chart it. I've heard various things like the baby boom generation goes to 1962, which is several years beyond when I was born. Yeah. But I... I think the general consensus is that the baby boom ends around 1960, and I was born before that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I was not. So you were not. I, so I, this I was, <laughs> in fact, born before there were 50 states in the Union. Oh. Yeah, so was I. I forget that. Google says baby boomers are 1946 to 1964. 64? That really? can't be right. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, different people block it differently. Well, clearly Google thinks that the, the turning point was the Beatles. So <laughs> <laughs> That was a different generation I think for me. They're, so. um, I think they're going from baby boomers to, I don't know, flower children or something. It's from the Atlantic, actually. It's, it's yeah. something about like demographic. According to facts. I'll post this on the, on the website or yeah. on the Facebook. <clears throat> so at any rate. Yeah. So it's up to you and John and Stefan. It's, you know. And you're yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, genre is barely old enough to be my generational cohort. But Stefan, <laughs> I'm I'm actually old enough to be his dad. Yeah. Really. Still, you guys, you know, our generation is kind of, you know, yeah. so scoot out. So <laughs> hold this bomb with the burning fuse. I'll be out in the <laughs> lobby. Just for a minute. Just hold it for a minute. <laughs> uh, and that, kids, is how you play hot potato. <laughs> Yeah, what a hot potato. Oh, my Sorry goodness. Sorry to interrupt. Just one, one more thing about that. Uh, apparently, the Census Bureau only defines one generation, and that is the baby boomers. That's why it's till 64. Really? Like, officially. Oh, so they didn't mm. do the 
they don't do and any. the yippies and the nothing and else. the millennials just the and the Xers and the XYs and the Y gens and none of that, huh? Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was every twenty sixty four. I thought it was every twenty years. So anybody was born um, in that window. It's usually surrounding. I think about this a lot. It's, it's usually surrounding a, a, a certain event uh, that happens in the generation, um, like uh, people that came of age uh, around when nine eleven happened or when the Challenger happened, or something like that, or around yeah. uh, Vietnam. Things see, like I that. thought I it was our parents coming home from the war that well, we see, were... Well, see, you guys yeah. just, like, you, your, <laughs> your parents are just happy. That's, that's basically <laughs> the event that you guys had. No, no, they came home from the war and had children before anything else yeah. went, from, went yeah. wrong. <laughs> well, that, that was definitely true of my father. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, He, happy. he came home from Korea and... <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I guess part of that also depends on what you mean by, you know, what you consider sort of the generational landmark. I mean, I was 19 when the Berlin Wall came down, so. That's pretty much in the middle of your I'd say growing up, probably, right? Yeah, I, I, the, right, at the, right at like, oh, I'm an adult. Oh, wow, this horrible Cold War thing that's been a pall over my childhood is over. Hooray! <laughs> no more worrying about dying in a nuclear holocaust for me. <laughs> Until now. So when you run for wah, office, wah, maybe that'll wah, change wah. the direction of this country. But. Well, it's certainly, and this was, before we Hint, get on to talking about this this week's policy, I just want to, like, about 15 years ago, I was a teaching as a, I was a teaching assistant at UMass because I was a grad student there. Oh, geez. Wow. 15 years ago. Wow. <laughs> um, Time flies. I know. <laughs> and I remember I had students who were already, you know, like, like, uh, 15 years ago, they were, they were, you know, like 1989 was weird past to them. And they were like, what the heck was the Cold War was about? I mean, like, even in like 2001, students were asking me like, what was this whole Cold War thing about? What was the point of it? Was it a big deal? And I, I think part of the reason why uh, I think 9-11 has had such a long shadow, I mean, A, it was an attack on our country, but also I think just in the, the more and more people like the idea of Islamic remember yeah the idea that Islamic terrorists are like a major threat to this country makes more sense when you haven't really sort of grown up thinking like you know what's a major threat to this country you know 500 uh, you know multi-megaton nuclear warheads landing all over the place that's a threat to this country (laughs) interestingly enough I grew up during the Vietnam War and was in ROTC at the tail end of the war so, you know, I was on the cusp of being one of those guys. Yeah, like I, I was five when Saigon and, fell. So, like, this yeah. is this is too early for me. I don't really remember Vietnam. But for people who were born, like, 1946, they're very much into the – of the Vietnam warrior because those were the guys that were fighting. Yeah. Though my they, my cousins. The kids who were in their late teens. Yeah, all 20s, of my yeah. cousins who were in country, that's about when they were born. Yeah. <sighs> so what will be oh, – well, I guess uh, – We've had a well, we had a long war in the in the in Iraq and Afghanistan, so that's like a whole generational event right there. Yeah, right? and a lot of those folks that fought in those wars are very upstanding members of community, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they inherit some of the senators' jobs and like Seth Moulton and I, some I, of those folks. Well, I, so, I would point out that that we already have one uh, veteran of the wars who just joined the Senate. Yeah, Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. And, and Seth Moulton, is he a rep? I think he's a rep, right, from he's Massachusetts. Yeah, but he was a there's, there's five a number tours. Of them. And yeah, there are so, a number of them. So hypoth- hypothetically. Joni Ernst. Hi- hypothetically, uh, would, you <laughs> be, mind. would you be willing to vote for uh, uh, President Duckworth? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. 
So, but in the meantime, we have uh, we have sort of the tail end of the last few days of, of the Obama presidency. Um, a week from today is the uh, next inauguration. Um, Obama's been doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Throwing out those Russians, and there's an investigation into Comey, and there are a number of Chicago police. Yeah, that, yeah, that being the latest one that came out, um, Chicago Do- and the Justice Department are now working on an accord to deal with the systemic racism as within is, the Chicago Police Department. As is Baltimore. Baltimore just yes. ar- arrived at a consent decree, right? There's, yeah, yeah, theirs yeah. was signed this also week. Also Cincinnati and various other places. Yeah. Right. So, Including, yeah. by the way, Ferguson, Missouri. Oh, and well, a, good. And, and Obama's been awarding medals to people. And yes, I was going to say, his, his, bro, <laughs> his bro Joe, his, uh, his, his right-hand man, got the, uh, the Presidential Medal of Honor, or I, Medal of I, Freedom. I find it fascinating that uh, the, the left-wing people that I know were all saying that they were brought to tears by the ceremony and the right-wing people I know are horrified and angered and wanted rescinded. See, I, 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 I don't, don't think you can rescind those. But. Yeah, I think that I think that Obama, President Obama, has given away too many of those medals to lots of folks, and I just I think it diminishes the value. I wouldn't have given one to Joe Biden. I, I disagree with you guys. I, I would. I yeah. think that Joe Biden and his lifetime of political work more than deserves this honor. And, you know, it's one of those things, it's an honor that's bestowed by the president. So it's a question of what the president thinks, yep. not what the rest of us it's, think. Yeah. Here's the, like, I, I I was actually moved to see it because Joe Biden was clearly very affected by oh, it. Oh, and I was and moved I to that, see yeah. Joe. He was totally surprised by it. And and I think he had the right response to it. I think he, yeah. he was he was humbled and, and, and grateful surprised. and whatnot. And surprised. I, I kind of agree with you, Sue, because I agree with you certainly about this. Like, it just didn't feel right for President Obama to do it, to yeah. give it to his own vice, vice president. president. Like, I get it, but it's not that I think Joe Biden is, you know, completely undeserving. No, but no, it's he's just, a good guy. It just felt a little... Do you think that Joe Biden has achieved political things during his life? He absolutely has. Do you think that Joe Biden has risen through the ranks of his party and of the political He's, developments of this country. Absolutely. That's all it takes. Yeah. See, uh, I'd like it to be more sort of nonpartisan and more like some major event for the country or But if you did that, you would never give any of them out. Well, See, I wouldn't give very many of them out. Well, but that's and, and, I mean if, if and, you look at the enough. people who've received it in the past People like country music stars, yeah. people like Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, yeah that's exactly what I'm talking I love those people, but I don't think they deserve a presidential i guess it's i guess the question is do you see it as sort of in the same way that like the the, the queen of england dispenses a knighthood well she's pretty careful with those she's gotten a little Sh- looser over the years sure but, <laughs> but still you know like yeah. like like patrick stewart is amazing i am oh, a huge he star didn't trek deserve fan, a knighthood. but why does he get a knighthood <laughs> yeah. you know i mean well, ian well, mckellen's amazing and he's been a tremendous <laughs> social activist but a knighthood really okay. patrick stewart has done a lot uh in terms of um Protection, uh, like uh, uh, violence Protection against of women. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done a he's done a ton for that. So yeah. I, I, I think I, that. I, but I, da- Dame Judi Dench also got the Christmas actress. honors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I think the standards have been lowered. <laughs> Let me just say that. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> since since Queen, the time of Queen Victoria, yeah. people on the stage receive knighthoods. Right. This is not something new. Like uh, uh, 
like uh, Gilbert. But it was was it Gilbert or Sullivan who was who was uh, made a knight? Sir Arthur Sullivan. Sir Arthur Sullivan. Right. Okay. Right. I couldn't remember which. Yeah. So right. I mean, I love HMS Pinafore, but really a knighthood <laughs> for for Pinafore? Really? Yeah. I mean, Pirates of Penzance. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> So. Well, it's just interesting, you know, it's sort of, you know, I'm old-fashioned and from a different generation, but, you know, having having things you, you be know, given out S- rarely. S- and Sue, you know who's really old-fashioned? Queen Elizabeth II. You think? <laughs> I think. If she's okay with it, you know, I mean, I think, I think like, the, the, the we can recognize that the goalposts have moved. Did you hear this story? Was it Stacey who told us this story that, you know, in Saudi Arabia, women can't drive? And so old, the king yeah. of, was it King Faisal? I forget which king came over. Yeah. But he came over and she took him to her, you know, I forget where it is that she to had. To Balmoral. Yeah. Balmoral up in Scotland. Yeah. She drove him around. Yeah. yeah, and he got in and he didn't realize she was going to drive and she gave him a ride of his life. And yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's not very old-fashioned. I think that's quite progressive <laughs> and thoughtful and, you know, using all the levers of power that you have. So, yeah. <laughs> Kudos anyway. to her for that. Yeah, so, so I think you know. Anyway, but, but on to the news. Yeah, <laughs> on to on to more recent events and and events on this side of the Atlantic. Oh uh, well, in you keeping know. things of value, sort of, uh, you know, the the flow from my president elect's mouth at the moment is our president elect's mouth. Yeah. Well, I meant yeah. Oh, in, in that, in theory, he's, <laughs> he's, I, he's really a terrible Republican. <laughs> he's you know, a, he's I mean, a terrible human being. Oh, I, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna say he's not, but I'm just saying like in terms of like as like like as a representative of the value of like modest, restrained, sober government. Oh, the volume of stuff that comes out of his mouth in yeah. both directions and well, every direction. And, and his Twitter account. Yeah. yeah. And so it's sort of the same thing for me. It's like it should be used sparingly, and it should, you know, there's a certain decorum, and it, you yeah. know, it's... Well, <laughs> if, if, his, if his people have any brains at all, the first thing they're going to do is shut down his Twitter account. Good luck to them. Yeah. Because the stuff that's been coming out of there, where he specifically said that he talked to the head of national intelligence who said that the intelligence reports about Russia and the stuff about him were totally false. And then the head of national intelligence comes out and said, oh, I never talked to him. <laughs> Clapper, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and he like misrepresented. That. They said yeah, they never looked. The yeah, they never looked at it. That's that's not in their domain. Right. So. But but uh, here's the thing, George. He 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 is the president elect. He will be president of the United States. It's really hard to Next tell him. Next Friday, it's <laughs> going to be really hard to say no to him. Well, if what you say to- is, Mr. President, I think that it would be in your best interest and the best interest of the country if perhaps you weren't to use your Twitter account for the next four years. I think Kelly's already told him that I, a few I, times. I, I, could be I, I think you do he, it in a very... If he was going to listen, <coughs> I think he would have listened by now. Or Ivanka. I don't think he listens to anybody. Maybe Ivanka, but probably not really. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think he can help himself. So I, I don't want to spend too much time sort of slamming the character of our president-elect, not yeah. that it's, I'm, I'm a big fan I of his. I think we have four years to do But that. it right. is a feature that we're going to live with. So It is. I, 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 I posted this to, to Facebook. There's a, there was a, uh, a, a short sort of video essay or whatever. Oh, like I saw Olbermann. that, Keith Olbermann. That was yeah. really good. And yeah. I, I, I've, I've, I've in, I liked Keith Olbermann years ago during the Bush administration when I thought he was actually like calling a spade a spade in a way that needed to happen. But he really, sort of, to me, sort of fell in love with getting up on his high horse and sort of declaiming about how bad things were or whatever. 
Um, it's hard to listen a constant stream of that. You know, it does right. kind of burn you out a little bit. Well, and I, re- I remember f- uh, like a few months ago before the election happened, he basically explained like why Donald Trump was a terrible choice to be president. And then he'd say some things that were intelligent. And then he'd just say some things like, and then he tweeted this. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Really? Do you have to repeat it? Yeah. yeah well, I just like you're, you're, that is a, you know, he came up with some really specious reasons. Just like that was annoying that he did that, but that's not a reason not for him to be president. But this I thought was really, really cogent. Uh, I think there'll be a, a link to it on our, our site. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's and very different. It's a different it, it, side of Keith Overman and yeah. it's very reasoned and it, and it makes you pause. And I, I agree. And I, yeah. I, I think the, his observation, it's basically him observing like that. That Donald Trump has character flaws. He has that. That there's something about the kind of person he is that just fundamentally it's more than just character flaws. You can well he character lies flaws, constantly. My, my the point is that like there's something about him as a person, about the nature of who he is. Yeah, some sort just, of impulse thing or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as you put it, like he's not well. And I I agree. He, like it, there's just I don't think he's well. And I think. I don't think the stress of the presidency. I don't think he's going to make it. I just don't think he's going to be. You able know, his to hair is already thinning. I was out. noticing yeah. in a couple of things recently that it looks like he's getting a little wear and tear already. Hmm. I mean, not that his um, hair was always. Well, he's a seventy-year-old man. Yeah, I bet, and he doesn't look like he's in tip-top shape. To me. Er, earlier this week, I made the statement that he is, in my opinion, the worst person ever elected to the office of the presidency. But you didn't know some of those other characters, right? I am, and however, very aware of them. Even James Buchanan, who, in my opinion, is the worst president we've ever had. Even who Andrew did the Teapot Dome. <laughs> uh, was no, Taft. that was that was well before Teapot. That was Dome. Taft, right? At yes. Taft or Harding? Taft? Harding. Sorry. Harding. Sorry, Buchanan yeah. was the president before, before Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, he was the one who did all the stuff that basically led to the Civil War, in, 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 including would... transferring a good chunk of the army's weapons to armories in the South. Oh, okay. I, I would say. <laughs> See, this is where my lack of being yeah, yeah. a history person. Is I, yeah. I would say that that Trump is worse than Andrew Jackson, who had actually killed people. Personally, and, well, but and, he, and was he was a war and, hero, and, right? And actually committed genocide in office. Oh, that's right. Well, yes, but that thing. happens later. We're right. talking about <laughs> before they even get into. Oh, office. fair enough. I mean, the Trail of Tears is going to be hard to beat, <laughs> but if he starts throwing nuclear weapons around, he'll have it going away. <laughs> God, yeah. let's hope not. He'll, he'll win that. But one. um, and I. The thing is, I know a lot of historians, and a lot of those historians even agreed with me when I posted this on Facebook. The problem is that you have a series of things. It's not you know, any one thing. Everything from admitting to felony sexual assault to a constant spate of lies, not only the thing with the chief of national intelligence, but you know, we, we have on our list tonight the thing with the Chicago PD. Yeah. Trump said that he got specific information from the Chicago Police Department and from the chief of the Chicago Police Department. Or at least high-ranking officers in it. About that. Yeah. And the police in Chicago immediately said, no, we never talked to this guy. We never sent him letters. We never communicated with him in any way. Is it possible he was impersonating somebody else when he got the info? You know, he he does do that occasionally and comes out from behind. Right. He pretends to be his own publicist. Yes, I I think that unlikely. And and of course, there's just the constant stream of of bigoted and, and 
racist and sexist and what's the what's the term when you uh, when you uh, uh, are prejudiced uh, in that systemic way against disabled people whatever that is ableist thank you um, that was genre thank you genre oh. so yeah so all and of that and specious no I don't know if he's specious or not he's specious <laughs> oh wait no yeah um, well you know in fairness in my defense of mental illness which I'm going to go to right now I, as someone with a mental illness I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm with you yeah. well anyway I just wanted to say that he obviously has some impulse control yeah. issues. I think that's obvious to anyone. I worked with a, a guy who ran a major hospital in Boston, and he had... Was it Man's Greatest Hospital? Uh, no, it was not Man's Greatest <laughs> Hospital. And so, actually, I just, I just want to mention, this is civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thank you, Sue. Go, go ahead. So, when I met him, I thought he was nutty as a fruitcake. And he constantly wrote... The guy running the hospital? The guy running the hospital. Yeah. And brilliant guy, but sure. I thought he was nutty as a fruitcake. And I'm saying that as a lay person, so no, I'm with please you. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so This I, is not an official diagnosis. <laughs> so, you know, I sat through a lot of meetings, and we were doing a lot of stuff together with this hospital. And uh, I yeah. started to my boss about it, who happened to know him, yeah. and said, oh, he just has um, polygraphia. Yeah. He has to write constantly, even while he's talking. Yeah. And... I mistook it. I mean, it is something. Yeah. But he was actually brilliant in his own right sure. in a very different way. And so I still hope, I guess, on some level that with all his crazy impulse control and his, you know, profane language and, you yeah. know, all that stuff, I'm hoping that he turns the government upside down and shakes out, you know, shakes out all the alligators. Now, that's a that'd very... That'd be awesome. That'd be a really optimistic thing. But that's... I'm hoping that his um, fault and feature will reflect in some sort of behavior that no politician has seen before. I, I think, I, though, that's that... That's hopeful, and that may be true. That there's <laughs> that a considerable difference from having something like polygraphia and being a sociopath. I think that... Which is not a novel thing in government. <laughs> which is not a novel thing in government. But I a think A lot of great leaders of industry are terrible sociopaths. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that and is look, <laughs> look at what the results of that are, though. Well, you get the destruction the of forests, the destruction of the Amazon, the polluting of American waters, but um, including like places like Flint, Michigan, and upstate New York. Yeah. You know, you have this problem where you say, well, yes, they rose to the top of their industry, but they did it by killing lots of people. Yes, you can say that Vlad the Impaler was a really wonderful warrior, that he drove he the won. Turks. Yep. He drove the Turks out of his country, but he tortured thousands of people to death while he was doing it. That's not a good thing. You you didn't really. And I don't think it. that will happen here in the U.S. I hope it and won't. speaking of torture, <laughs> by the way, uh, one of the reasons that the uh, city of Chicago and the Chicago Police Department had to come to accords with the federal government. Um, is that for a period of 15, almost 20 years, they had a... Uh, Black site. A command in the Chicago Police Department... <gasps> that, that matches the TV show. That routinely... Chicago PD. That routinely <laughs> tortured hundreds yeah. of people, primarily black men and boys, yeah. forcing them to confess to crimes that they hadn't committed. And they I did not hear this. Oh, my 114 God. 114 of them ended up on death row. 
and there was actually uh, this is maybe maybe somewhat distinct from that but they also had a effectively their own black site like a place where they would arrest people and take them but they wouldn't be officially in police custody they wouldn't be booked they yeah. wouldn't be able to contact well, the sh- lawyers the or sh- the lawyers couldn't get in to see them the show Chicago PD has that exact scenario well, that's, yeah. that's, that's where a, they got it from yeah. this, that's interesting. this happened it's a, it's a, a while thing. ago the commander of the unit's name was John Burge he was convicted in federal court of obstruction of justice and a variety of other crimes. Is that just he happens to be John Birch or <laughs> Burge? Oh, I thought you B-U-R-G-E. said John Birch. I say, oh, that's interesting. Uh, As in he, burgeoning evil. Yeah. He uh, was sentenced to two and a half years in. Well, that's no, it? actually, I should say he served two and a half years in a federal prison in a minimum security facility, and then got out and got his full pension from the Chicago police and is now living in Florida. Now, today I heard Rahm Emanuel say when this story came out that they're inve- you know that they're mm-hmm. going into the Chicago Police Department. Mm-hmm. I heard Rahm Emanuel say that he didn't know about it and that he was shocked and he's obviously going to work with them closely too. I'm picturing was it Claude Rains who played <laughs> police captain Louis in Casablanca? <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm shocked, shocked to discover this Rahm's a tough nut. Rahm Emanuel's well, yeah, a tough but, guy. But keep in mind that the police often keep things within their ranks. And that was actually part of what the Justice Department Wouldn't found. Wouldn't somebody have to pay the rent for that property? Well, I mean, they have a big budget. But, I mean, part of the point of uh, part one of the They've things the Justice Department— officers. One of the things the Justice Department found in their—the reason why they came down with this ruling is um, <clears throat> that they found in many cases, you know, officers' accounts of, of a shooting or whatever would, would later be disproven, which is to say that in many cases police were lying. So, Well, the, you know, the most cogent example— was the one that was caught on video a couple of years ago that just came out last year, yeah. where the young man with a small pocket knife in his hand was walking away from police when he was shot 16 times. Yeah, And the police report says that he was coming towards the police in a threatening manner with a large knife. And the security camera from across the street shows that Thank that wasn't true. Thank God for cameras. I mean, that yeah. is what's going to save our democracy. Is I hope so. Did you see the piece on the inauguration that the ACLU is not letting the police keep the cameras on unless they have to take an action? Because they don't want them filming the lawful pro- protesters. And I thought... I thought the whole point of that was to sort of, we could see what the police were doing. Yeah. I was surprised. There was a little piece on the BBC about it. In that which, and w- which way do you want it to go? Because, yeah. like... People protesting in public are in public. I mean, yeah. yes. I, it's creepy if the police are, like, tracking you and keeping records of that. But at the same time, like, you are in public. And you might be on two or three police I, I, I should be expected to be photographed. And the fact is, once this gets to court, the courts are going to say, no, the cameras stay on. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're on a public street where you are visible to somebody else standing on a public street, you can be filmed. And there's an absolute public good. And to, there's other groups yeah. that are actually going to film all of it to, yeah. to, to watch the police. And I thought, that's weird. The police can't have their cameras on. But yeah, the, that's... Yeah, I think they're splitting hairs. And I don't know quite... I, I think they're struggling well, with the inauguration, I, right? I, I understand. They're afraid I, of I, I do understand the argument. I mean, like, I'm I'm aware of, you know, it used to be like uh, law enforcement, especially in the South, would film civil rights activists, you know, would, would get their pictures and pass it on to the FBI and you figure know, out who the, the those people were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they they create dossiers on people. And whatnot, do you think so. the ACLU is afraid of the Trump um, administration and they what's going to happen with it? But it's I D.C. Think, police. I think lots of people are afraid of the Trump administration. Well, they're afraid of what could happen. Yeah. So um, one of the one of the reasons why people are concerned about uh, Senator Sessions possibly being confirmed as Attorney General. I was going to ask you guys about that. Well, <laughs> I mean, because 
you know, he he has a history of of saying he doesn't think much of the of the Civil Rights Act, and there were other well, things that I'm forgetting and, and right he, now. But he has gone well beyond that. And his his record as Attorney General in Alabama has has not been a strong one in support of uh, civil rights, is my recollection. I as, don't remember. As a specifics. matter of fact, he went as far as saying that the NAACP, the ACLU, and the Urban League were communist inspired organizations set to undermine American democracy. Right. So, Which is funny considering what group he's associated with now. I heard Elizabeth Warren question him, and it was wonderful. And what she was asking him— I didn't him, hear Elizabeth Warren question him. I heard her question— um, She ran over. She had to run person. from the other session because they're all yeah. double scheduled. Yeah. But it was basically, you know, is is um, Roe v. Wade settled law? And if it is, are you going to enforce it? But she trapped him. And I forget the other topic she was catching him How on. did she trap him? What did, what? Well, it was basically from his own testimony. And so is it settled law or is it not? And and if that isn't, why isn't it when you say this is settled law? And he was talking to think about um, the right to marry. Yeah. You know, but she, she you know how she lays, yeah. she's, she's really good at laying it out and then getting you so, to say yes. So he said it wasn't settled law or he said it was? He, he said that he would enforce it and it was settled law, but his whole history has not been yeah. consistent with that no. so so that's the real problem folks are sitting there like cheshire cats saying yeah 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 and yeah you know who who cares what you say in a hearing is it under yeah. oath yeah i think so sometimes it is not necessarily I, I, yeah. I would presume so wouldn't you want it to be yeah you're testifying before before the senate on a matter of grave national importance i would think you'd be yeah. under oath i like um i like tillerman i Kind of like Tillerman, Tillerson, Tillerson, and um, Mattis. But again, they caught them in outright stories when they said, yes. "Did you lobby?" And then the call, you know, call them lies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they well, were lies. And they, you know, they said they didn't remember doing that. Yeah. You know, but it was well, like well, testimony yeah, I mean, at, a, at an event. Well, well, Tillerson, who was in charge of Exxon, said that he was not aware of the Exxon deal. Oh, with Iran. With, with the, <laughs> Well, with the Russians, yeah, that was worth billions of dollars, and he said, oh, "Well, we never lobbied for the sanctions to be against lifted. the Russians yep. to be lifted," which, of course, was a complete and total lie. Yeah, they had and the record. You have it on record. <laughs> yeah, why do you bother lying about things when you know it can be disproven? I I don't know, but we can answer try and answer that question after a short break. Yeah, I'll we tell you about Mattis when we come. We back need to play or... a couple of messages. <laughs> But uh, so we'll be right back after a short break and some station ID and whatnot. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Nerd Night NoHo is proud to support Valley Free Radio, where a monthly speaker series featuring experts from the community talking about art, culture, and science. You can find us at noho.nerdnight.com. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. 
Subculture, the best in new wave, electro, dance, indie pop, and funk music. Friday nights from 8 to 10 here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ 103.3 FM. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. That's still Susan Timberlake. Hey there. And that's still uh, George Claxton. Actually, I've changed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the Republican. Yeah. (laughs) You, your party doesn't have a monopoly on evil. Wait, no, that sounds bad. Well, oh. well, well, not to mention the fact that, come on, Sue, any other part of this country, they would think you were a raving liberal. I don't know about raving, but... Perhaps. Perhaps. Rockefeller Republican, perhaps. Yeah, which yeah. is an increasingly uh, unusual And he sort. did divest all his... Uh, his businesses when he went to the VP. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you guys think about? Uh, let's let's switch gears. Did we for a mention moment. the search? We have a new search. Uh, yeah, on yeah, our that's web page. right. Thank you, Sue. John just asked me to mention that. And I, <laughs> so, um, yes, we it's been do, one of those days. If you go to our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, there is actually a search function there, uh, which is specifically designed to search uh, within reputable or news sources that we consider reasonably reputable and we all agreed on them so that took a little bit yes exactly (laughs) exactly you just didn't want rt huh the russian i don't (laughs) quite trust them trust them i just want to i know it's the new republican news source of choice (laughs) stop (laughs) um there is uh for some reason facebook is running kind of slow on my computer so i wouldn't be able to keep up so all of the civil references are going to be in the show notes all the podcasts and on the website after i post it yeah sweet thank you john he's amazing he is (laughs) and he he did this search thing too i tried it slick you put in like i was looking up some thing to see if it was real or right or and i looked and you know it it came right up with all the references within the that you know some of them said it wasn't real i was like oh okay you you know the interesting thing i'm glad one of us is working hard on this show (laughs) if (laughs) i always have to check out what genre does it's cool when when you are looking at a news report somewhere one of the things you should look for is their sources if they say well i am quoting um the the PM of Britain saying this, that's one thing. If they're saying, 
An unknown source says this. You really got to question. Highly important monkey muck who told me it you yes. know, down in the bar down at the corner. It's, it's one of those things. And we've gotten to the point in this country where some people are simply never going to believe anything that is said by the other side. I'm getting to the point where I don't believe anything anybody's saying. I have a really hard time right and, now. And, you know, there there are people who say they absolutely will not believe anything that is said by the Washington Post, the New York Times, the um, the Guardian. Oh, the, the liberal rags, The Daily right? Mail <laughs> or whatever. But if it's on InfoWars, it <laughs> yes. must be true. And that's, that's exactly it. That's what News I was Max going to say. Newsmax is my if favorite it, fake news source. If it's on Breitbart or InfoWars... <laughs> They right, absolutely believe right it. Right up there with the government's weather control machines. <laughs> yes. Which is a thing that InfoWars has actually written uh, about. I, I am in favor of those weather control machines because they provide me with a living. Right. What was the temperature you said where you were this couple of weeks uh, ago? The wind chill was <laughs> minus 50 degrees <sighs> in Wasika, Minnesota on the 26th of December. Our hearty uh, Nanook the from the s- north the here. The still <laughs> air temperature that day was... Minus 24 degrees. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And, and our that, that wasn't even the bad weather. The bad weather was happening in northern So Minnesota. can I just say one good thing about government employees? And in a sense, you are. I know it's a, you know. No, I am a, I am a federal could, employee. You, you were when you were on, on duty in Minnesota. Yeah. Anyway, yes. And the people that go out in storms and rescue people and do that. I mean, think about it. If we had people that were so discouraged by what's going on that they didn't do yeah. that stuff anymore. I mean, we'd. Yeah. People are very courageous. Well, George, you fly around on the black helicopters and take people away to secret camps, right, George? That's what you do? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually outside my purview now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> And as long as you didn't fly in and take that marijuana plant from that 80-year-old woman in Amherst. So, you know, Jeff Sessions that is going to do that. Thing. Though, yeah. though <laughs> we, we do have separate pink helicopters now, too. For real? Yeah. That's awesome. Honoring uh, breast cancer, is that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm making it up as I go uh, along. They're, they're extra gay. Oh, when you go to the Million Woman March, look for the pink hats. They're ca- they're like kitty cat. Yeah, with the cat ears? Yeah. Put some cats. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are knitting them and wearing them. I didn't know what was going on, and somebody had to explain it to me. So. Uh, I wouldn't have recognized it. Yeah, they're, it's that, like a... That explains the hats that everybody's knitting around me. Yes, yes yeah. that's what they're doing. Uh, so what did you guys think of the... Mattis? <laughs> well, actually, what did you guys... Speaking of, of problems with news and reporting, wh- what did you think of Trump's press conference? I thought it was... It was com- I thought it was a horrific joke. I, yeah, I thought it was commanding and authoritarian, and I looked at it and went, oh my goodness, he... he he demanded that room for the whole time. The press let him get away with everything, and it's going to be like that for four well, years. Well, I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think that the press is going to put up with that for four years. I don't even think they're going to put up with it for four months. Well, I think the whole thing where well, the president-elect invi- stands up there and calls CNN fake news that CNN isn't going to put up with. Well, that. they he said that because so of the, the Russian thirty-five yeah. page. Not show up. He, because they had referenced the 35-page Russian document that has Trump with prostitutes. That was, and that was compiled by a uh, 
MI6. Ex-MI6 staffer, I think. Yeah, yeah, and whether it's real or not, it's a different issue. BuzzFeed published it, but I think yeah. Trump thought CNN published it, and they Actually, didn't. Actually, I, I, did I, I heard... Not. Also, there are now other groups that have come forth to say that they got They've the had same... Yep. They got the same information from other sources. No, I, I, I've, I've heard it's real, and that like every page like uh, is printed on the back of copies of Obama's Kenyan birth certificate. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Well, anyway, but it might be true. I don't know. I thought I really his don't. press and he announced his VA secretary in the middle of that, which is yeah. the one Obama holdover. The guy's the assistant secretary in the VA, and they're going to keep him and put him in charge. So, and he's a doc, but he's not a veteran. So, interesting. Well, we we can uh, talk about that with some of my friends who work for the Veterans Administration. Um, the 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 spectacle of the of the president like like refusing to acknowledge CNN and denouncing them, but also just he had staffers in the room clapping. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember? I just when, thought that was really. Do you remember when Bush stopped having people come to the press conferences if he didn't like them? I mean, that was pretty. Staffers and yeah. interns who were seated in the front two rows who were there to applaud. So cue. the press didn't on have cue. the front rows. No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, th- this. I heard it. Like I, didn't I said, see it. Wow. commanding and authoritarian. I would not say commanding. I would say sleazy and authoritarian. Yeah. I would say that the difference between that and a Soviet leader talking to his handpicked press was very thin. Well, um, I want to talk about Mattis for a minute. I don't know if this is a this good is six. former General James Mattis, who's James the, Mad Dog Mattis, yeah. who is the candidate, who is the uh, nominee to be the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. Um, the House and Senate, I believe, approved a waiver to a law from eight years ago that said that uh, someone who served in the military could not become the civilian Secretary of Defense until they've been out of the Army for, I think, five years? Seven Seven years. Seven years. And he's only been out of uniform for three years. Well, my guys, the Republicans, made a mistake because they they took the waiver. They They didn't make it particular to him. They actually made a waiver so that it's now overturned. And oh. so the Democrats were complaining because they they did want to do it for Mattis because they like him and they think he might be good or at least good enough. Trump actually seems to listen to him as a responsible adult, so that's well, that's that's a plus. So your buddy Elizabeth Warren, yep. I saw her run in because she was running from hearing to hearing trying to get to all of them, and right. I think she's on that committee. So I mean, she was supposed to be there. Yeah. So she came in and she started to talk to him about civilian control of the military, and he was giving her pretty good answers, and they seemed right. And he he believes in um, climate change, and he actually yeah. in 2008 started to take the military off uh, fuels and start to look into what how they could, you know, good stuff. Anyway, I, I, uh, so Ge- I General Mattis seems like a genuinely good pick yeah. to be Secretary of Defense. I mean, with a few problems. Yeah. All right. Uh, and maybe you want to talk about those in a second. I'm just saying, like, like we've certainly seen far worse choices. <laughs> well, I think he'll stand up to Trump, and I think Trump mm. may or may not respect him, but they've been trying to change who works for Mattis, and mm-hmm. the Trump folks have been trying to pick his underlings, mm-hmm. and he's not having it. So we'll mm. see if he wins the fight. Well, uh, another strange yeah. thing that just happened today is that the Trump people fired the general in command of the D.C. National Guard. Could they fire him already? What? Yes, they did. Well, they can certainly say, as of Friday, you're out. They well, can't. no, he, he will be out as of the day of the, oh, inauguration, the inauguration, which is next Friday. While the deployment is ongoing, he's in command of that deployment. And as you mean the deployment deployed for the uh, inaugural events? is ongoing, 
he will be out of a job. At, at, uh, so in other words, come noon when Trump takes the oath, he's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, and somebody else should be so, in charge. So and yeah, so so Trump can't fire him right this instant. Absolutely unheard of. Yeah. yeah. Why did they? Why did they? Why did they? They do that? won't. They won't tell anybody why they're doing it. That is very strange. And this, yeah. by the way, is the only National Guard unit that is not under the control of a governor because, of course, D.C. Oh, is not Oh, it's D.C. Yeah. So the D.C. National Guard is under the direct control of the president of the United States. Hmm. I guess, I guess uh, Mr. Trump wants to put in his own pan-picked like person. Like I said, he may take government and shake it upside down. So I was, Elizabeth Warren was running, ran into this hearing with Mattis, uh-huh. and she asked him a few questions, and he answered a good answer. Uh-huh. And uh, she said so, and she whips out this book, which he had edited, on um, civilians in Uh the military Uh and control of the military. control of the military. Yeah, and it's called um, Warriors and Civilians or Civilians and Warriors. And um, I guess it's a pretty good book. She'd read the whole thing, as had quite a few of the other senators. And she was quoting him and saying, do you agree with that? You know, quoting other people in the book. It was was quite good. And you could tell by the end that she was quite satisfied that he was going to be a counterpoint. Yeah. to some of the other things. So I thought that was interesting, but they did make the waiver so that now any general can serve as Secretary of Defense. If it, I think, doesn't somebody have to sign it? The Congre- two houses of Congress have to sign the waiver, and then does Obama sign it? I forget what happens. I don't know. You know, you know f- to allow the... Well... It's an amendment to a. a, a, a I mean, they, they could always they, wait they, they until wait a week and Trump next Friday, and Trump yeah. would sign it. It's not like Trump's going to be vetoing much in the yeah. next... Good point. Couple of years. It's just that Mattis couldn't be yeah. until. Well, he can't yeah. serve as Secretary of Defense until until, yeah. until noon. Unless Obama signed it. It's not unusual to have even top posts not be filled for a few weeks after the inauguration. Obama had seven on his inauguration, seven <coughs> cabinet posts filled, and I think yeah. they were all the security and. Yeah. Uh, the bill to. Um, let the waiver was put into a spending bill in December. Oh, so it's going to have to be signed. So, yeah. It, it's part of it's, the... It's signed. Yeah. So um, that the Republicans put that into the as an amendment or something yeah. like that to the bill in de- December. Yeah, so Obama will sign it next week or whenever it goes over there. Because the Senate... Did the Senate approve it? The House approved it today. So um, Anyway, I thought that was very interesting about um, General Mattis and the book that he wrote on um, civilians and warriors. I mean, edited. And... Um, and Elizabeth Warren and the senators had done their homework. I was really impressed. Hmm. A lot of people had read stuff. They had references to the lobbying, as you mentioned, with Tillerson. And yeah, it was the hearings are um, they're actually working hard. Yeah, well, the good everybody. Good. <laughs> well, I I I did not see um, uh, Mr. Tillerson getting raked over the coals for denying the lobbying that everybody knows he did. I did see Marco Rubio. A Republican. In, taking, well, a, a Republican. And <laughs> someone who I mostly think of as, you know, I mostly think of as like, you know. Uh, Little Marco? <laughs> no, but as, as someone who uh, is, you know, opposed to things like a woman's right to choose. He's a very passionate, you know, anti-choice uh, activist, you know. He, he, he believes in that very strongly. Anti-Cuba. And, that, yeah. and that's a terrible idea, you know, to be anti-choice, but that's that's his thing. Um, so it's it's like... I was genuinely, and I have to say I'm a little chastened to be as surprised as I was that he was clearly moved by the plight of the people who, who uh, in Aleppo who are being killed by Russian bombs. And he's saying, like, you know, 
isn't this a war crime? Wouldn't you call Vladimir Putin a war criminal for, for what they did? And this was Tillerson. And Tillerson, of yes, course, is saying, Secretary like, well, I'd have State. to see more. I'd need classified information to know about this. And, 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 and Mark Ruby's like, there are dead bodies. What do you need to know? Yeah, well, it's all over the news. Anybody yeah. can see what. Yeah, yeah. it was, um, he was. He was a spitfire, Rubio. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and especially given that uh, apparently ExxonMobil has its own intelligence bureau. Yes. So actually, a lot of major corporations do. Right. So they also have a counterintelligence bureau for the people who are trying to te to steal business secrets. Right. So 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 Mr. Tillerson also private military. Like oh right, to defend their installations. Yeah. yeah. So oh, so Mr. Wow. Tillerson has his own intelligence he bureau. He may be our next a, president. Well, he, he has <laughs> he already has his own intelligence bureau. So the idea that he doesn't know what's going on is just especially risible. Um, Derisible or risible? Risible. Risible. Uh, um, Your vocabulary is too good, Mike. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it means laughable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, or really something you'd smile at. Such as rictus. to provoke laughter. Yes. Uh, so. Um, word for the day. Indeed. Sort of like post-truth. <laughs> well, we are <laughs> definitely in a post-fact society. I remember you were away when we, we were talking about that one week. Oh. We missed you, George. We, we've <laughs> actually been talking about that for several months now. <laughs> actually, Stephen Colbert was talking about truthiness like, a year ago, right? More, like more like <laughs> two, three show, years ago. Well, when his show came on uh, in 2005, <laughs> that's when he coined the term. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a long time ago. Oh my yeah. goodness. First show. Yeah, his very first show. Oh. <laughs> We're getting old. Oh, we are fast, quickly. Every moment. Big league. <laughs> yes. I thought it was bigly. I I think he said it both ways, but yeah, I don't think he knows the difference. Oh my goodness! So. <laughs> So what a week we're going to have here. So I think President Obama is going to keep up the pace of, mm. you know, sending Russian diplomats away and finishing up investigations. Mm. Doing, ev doing everything he can. The thing is, of course, that once Obama is out of office, it's entirely possible that... Those investigations that, will stop. Well, that the investigations will stop and that Trump will allow the his Russian masters to send the same people back again. Which would look bad, but I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares. I think I think that's that, why they were on the phone with him. Yeah. And I don't think that Trump's supporters care. I think that if Trump I think murdered cares. a six-year-old Muslim girl on the lawn of the White House, his supporters would applaud because, one, it's just a girl, and, two, she's from a group they despise. Uh, so I really hope that's, that's, uh, that would be a bridge too far, but... I I, what do you I mean, when you reach the point where the guy admits to committing felony sexual assault and nobody on, he, he opened on his, his side cares. He, he announced his candidacy by, by, by making racial slurs about Mexicans. So, you know, so. last week I asked if there'd be more threats to Trump than Obama, given the number of groups that he's offended. And you, you didn't think so. You thought I, that Obama, just by his nature being black, would would invoke more uh, there is a the history of racial oppression of violence against black people in, in this in this country is profound and ingrained and there are a lot of people who, who really feel very strongly about uh, uh sort of fighting back against the empowerment or the against treating people of color as human beings keeping the niggers down 
I would never say that, but yes. And 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 it's you time know, for the Panthers, the Silver Panthers, to yes, come back. Into please do. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, like George, I, George has opened I have silver hair. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting there at the temples. But George can tell us tell us in in, in frankly unsettling detail if we really want about the history of, of violence against black people in this country. Like, there's a long history of races of of, so, of lynchings, and so the idea that like. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were really upset about Obama, and you know, they're they're the armed Americans, the ones who, who feel that like somehow they're. But they're I just can't the, the number of hate groups that that came into existence after Obama's inauguration was hundreds of times more than the That's ones. That's what Janet Napolitano was saying when yeah. she was. You know. And you know, even before Obama was elected, there were people trying to murder him. They caught two guys in Colorado when he was giving a speech there who had driven into town with high-powered rifles and body armor with the specific intent of murdering Barack Obama. Then then Senator Obama. Well, you know, Secret Service didn't really... um, They were pulling some of the metal detectors at the end of events when he was first in office. And the fact is that Obama... Asked them to allow a greater leeway. There were places where he went in Arizona, for example, an open carry state, where people were openly carrying at Obama at Obama meetings, yeah. even while he was president. And that's because Obama specifically asked that they be allowed to do that. Now, see, Trump has his own security force. He has a private yes. security force, which, which is going to be a problem. With the Secret Service there. Well, my understanding is the p- the function of that private security force is to is to pull people out of the room when they when they make trouble for Trump, not to actually keep him safe. But we'll see. Well, they ducked his head at some of the campaign events. They ducked him and took him away. Yeah. You know, so they were right there. Well, it's going to be the Secret something. Service was right there. Yeah, the Secret Service too, but his yeah. guys. Yeah, oh. his guys were were late. I was reading about this. The they Secret were late. Service, yeah. The se- because they're watching the crowd uh, for, for, for protesters. The Secret Service is actually trying to keep them alive. It's a different thing. So by next <sighs> week, he'll be our guy. He'll be our guy. <laughs> um, well, he will be the president. He will be. He the, will never be my guy. He will be the person our system, our flawed and undemocratic system, our, has our picked. Our president. Yeah. So next week we're going to we're going to be on at six and then seven. Is that yes? The plan? We are going to do a special show at six uh, instead of uh, evidence based. There will be uh, a special. We'll be doing a special one hour show, which is basically us taking a moment to talk about, or a moment, a whole hour to talk about like what are we here for? What is the point of this show? Why do we do it? Um, sort of a thesis statement kind of show. Uh, and then at 7 o'clock, we'll do our usual fumbling discussion of current <laughs> events and, uh, and our, um, our discussion of the inauguration. And uh, we'll see uh, what we think about uh, the odds of confirmation. I think there's a real shot Tillerson won't be confirmed, but I'm pretty sure everybody else is going to go through. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I was thinking Sessions is the one. I, I would hope Could so. Could be both of them. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But it may be nobody. Everybody may go through, but not everybody's been... Well, you know. in in the end, the Republican Party is calling the shots there. So for better or for worse, it's going to be on the heads of the Republicans in the Senate. The, the question is, Sue, do you, as a Republican, think that there are enough moderate Republicans left that they might vote against some of these people? They had Susan Collins introducing Sessions. You know, of all the people that she might have some trouble with, she introduced them. So you don't think she's going to jump ship? 
I don't know. I, I think McCain. I think Rubio. I think um, Paul Rand Paul could be no on, votes. But would on you Tillerson. say? Yeah, yeah. Would you say two votes? It takes three votes. Three votes. There are forty-eight uh, uh, independents and, and Democrats. So if three Republicans move over and the Democrats all hold. That would be the 51 votes. If it's 50-50, Mike Pence will throw the tying yeah. vote in favor of whatever. And Mitch, um, Mitch McConnell mm -hmm. has said that he won't have any final votes until they've turned in their ethics papers. Oh, well, that's, that's awfully good And that's him. new. That, that's, that's a change. There was I, I think he was forced to do that. Yeah. Well, he, he, um, uh, Chuck they Schumer, saying, the, Senate lead, the, the Senate minority leader, basically scratched out a few things and then sent the same letter that— um, <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, Mitch, McConnell. Mitch McConnell had sent to then uh, uh, the, the 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 Democratic majority leader Reed, eight Harry years Reed. ago, Harry Reid, eight years ago, outlining all the things that had to happen before anybody could be confirmed. So yeah. it it was just a little too much hypocrisy because yeah. they were starting to, to say that. that Hillary didn't have her FBI statement in when she was confirmed, and it's yeah. like yeah, once in how many hundreds of years? Wow. Well, in any event, we do have to wrap up. Uh, One thing, go ahead. Did we talk about Sue's article? Oh, I'm totally forgot. There's a great. You wrote a really good article in the in the Thank Daily you. Hampshire Gazette. I'm surprised they published it. It's a Republican article. It's <laughs> column actually. They they, they publish that sort of thing all the time. It's it's <laughs> it's a good article. Why shouldn't they publish it? So yeah, I hope we'll link to that on our website. Yeah. It's on the website. It's on the it's it's in its full entirety on full entirety. It's in its entirety on the website. It's on the Facebook and it, it was linked on Twitter earlier today. Nice. And so thank you Stan Moulton for publish he's the new editor of the Gazette so he, oh, he published it. So, so uh, we've got to wrap up civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, stay tuned for subculture coming up in just a few minutes and we'll be back again next week. Thanks very much. Good night.